You are now listening to the Fantasy Whisper Podcast with your hosts, Johnny, Game Time Hicks, and Big Travi. Why, hello and welcome to the Fantasy Whispers Podcast. That's Big Travi and I'm Johnny, Game Time Hicks, and we're here to give you that fantasy football fix here on this awesome Friday night. Big Travi, we are we're getting in a part duh, of the week six <laughs> rankings, buddy. Can't believe it's already week six, man. It's already almost halfway through the regular season for fantasy football purposes. Talk about it all the time, man. It's just flying by, just flying by. Yeah, it's flying by, and unfortunately, I'm not stacking up very many wins. So uh, my loss column is uh, <laughs> is also creeping up on me. So uh, everything's fine. Everything's, uh, everything's everything's fine. I'm gonna be fine. It's all fine. Here's, yeah. Here's what I will say that I notice in a lot of leagues that I'm in. It's just it's just all muddied water, right? Like there's no. There's no really – there might be one team or here and there, but there's no real team that's like, oh, yeah, I understand why they're the best. Like, there's nothing yeah. like that. It's just all muddied water. Yeah, at least you'll get you'll have a chance, hopefully, to claw, scratch, and fight your way out of the pit. Um, but it's, it's just – yeah. yeah, stilly dilly, man. Yeah. I am just – I think I told – Todd Gurley in two leagues, Johnny, and I have him in not two leagues. You want to guess the leagues that I'm uh, four and one in? Well, considering that Todd Gurley has been on a tear, I'm going to say the two team, the two leagues that you have, you don't have Todd Gurley. Yeah, Am I right. Yep, uh, I don't have Todd Gurley in my league record with you, and I'm getting you know my butt spanked left and right. So. Either way, this is not about me. This show is about the Whisper Nation, and what we want to do on these episodes is get you guys prepped, go through every fantasy-relevant player in every game, and we are on part duh, as Johnny said. So let's jump right in, Johnny, with the Cardinals at the Vikings. This is our first game. It's a 43-point over-under with Minnesota favored by a whopping 10.5 points. Whoa! Tell me, tell me if you, hey, hey yeah. tell me if you, you heard this before. I was just the Vikings say, are favored by ten and a half at home. Hey, maybe, against a team with a decent defense, but a rookie quarterback. Maybe, uh, we'll, maybe we'll get ourselves a little bit of this uh, after the game. That's why we took the damn field. Now, if you want to crown them, then crown their ass. But they are who we thought they were. And we let him off the hook. Yeah, that's what that's I'm hoping. Right. Pay, I'm hoping. Pay a little homage to uh, Denny Green, former former Cards uh, head coach there. The late great, as we the late say, great. Taken too soon. Taken too soon. Yeah, that's right. Not uh, off of the, the Cardinals sideline. That's for I sure. I don't see the Cardinals pulling off the Bills. The Vikings have got to be ready for this game, right? Like, I just don't see it happening. Hey, uh, I, you got to okay. So, just a little side uh, inside information here. Larry Fitzgerald is a Minnesota boy. A little yeah, gut, he was the ball gut, boy for the Vikings. Gut, a little gut hunch here is he's going to show up and show out this weekend against his hometown team. Well, that'll be great because I have him in a couple of leagues uh, rested firmly on my bench. So I'm sure they'll love that he goes uh, off on my bench. I'm surprised that he's not uh, on your waiver wire at this point because that's about as atrocious <laughs> wow. as our offense has been. How, so sorry, but how the tables have turned. It's insane in Arizona. It? But anyways, 
to get back to this game, roll out your Vikings air assault. We know that they are throwing at a historical pace. And although, see, even Charlie knows yeah, that they like, are throwing at, look, he, it pissed him off so much. He was, he was hooping and hollering about it. He knows. Yeah. He lives out there in Phoenix. He knows all about how much the Cardinals are getting thrown on, getting p- ran on. Their defense has not been great. Well, the and throw, speaking of defense, throwing, it's I, yeah, the past defense has been okay, but I don't have any confidence that they're going to shut down this Minnesota air attack because just based purely on volume, right? Minnesota's going to throw it a ton. But what about the running game, Johnny? If Cook or Murray goes, looking like Cook may be able to suit up. Are you confident? even though he's coming back from that hamstring. No, I'm not. And that's coming. Like, did you see like they, the 49ers could, I could have ran last weekend for the 49ers and racked up a hundred yards rushing. That's how bad Mm. our defensive rushing sweet feet, Johnny game time Hicks, right? Exactly. But you know, if I will say, this is one of those games we talk about it, Travis, like all the time on, on several shows, if certain running back does not show up and show out for this game, I'm hitting the panic button. Last week it was Kenyon Drake. Guess what? He showed up. He he proved that he still has the abilities. This week it's it's this Minnesota backfield, right? If they cannot do it against this Cardinals defensive front that is just getting gay, you know, gouged every single run play to the fact yeah. that like that was their comeback attempt for the 49ers was, hey, we're just going to run it every time and we might be able to get back in the game. If they can't run it against this Cardinals uh, front, I'm I'm hitting the panic button. Uh, I'm already raising an eyebrow on these two. And unfortunately, if if they don't produce this weekend, I, I, I don't even know who you'd be able to sell to at that point because I, I, there's nothing you can say that would you that would benefit giving him away like you would you yeah couldn't get anything it, he would have crapped his pants on a on a very fortuitous uh matchup yeah. on the flip side the Vikings return to form a little bit after a big showing up against the eagles they're going to get a nice matchup here love them in this matchup don't like anybody on arizona except for maybe dj and here's johnny i know we talked a couple weeks back about buying low on dj i've totally flipped the script if you can sell dj now you Whoa. need to yeah, if After you can two sell solid games, uh, yes, and I and here's why, and I think that's you look at last week. He didn't score because of his own ability last week, which he has plenty of. He scored because basically they were gifted the ball in the on the goal line, and I just you look at the rest of that offense. They couldn't move the ball, man. The play calling is terrible. The offense is not good. They can't move the ball. If you can get value for DJ, I think you got to do it. I think you got to do it quick. I, I, ceiling is like that Todd Gurley year w- uh, with, you know, with uh, Jeff yeah. Fisher. I just think we're, we're watching him play in an offense that is totally limiting his ceiling. I mean, yeah, of course, that's going to happen until they fire Mike McCoy. But they keep <laughs> running him up the middle an insane amount, which, you know, Mike you gotta, McCoy or no, uh, <laughs> I know. I'm just kidding. But, David Johnson. Yeah, but here's the thing. David Johnson but is still just the as running effective. back. He's still the running back. Well, he's a, still an RB1. You're not going to get you're not going to get RB1 return on that investment if you try to trade David Johnson. Like you're not you're not who you're going to who are you going to to go after? 
and and realistic. Well, I think if you can take David Johnson, Christian McCaffrey, and, or David Johnson, Christian McCaffrey. Of course, I I don't. Christian I don't McCaffrey know. is one of the safest plays in all of fantasy he football. Score touchdowns though. That's he just issue. scored a touchdown last week. And how many has he scored on took, the year? How many has he scored on the year? How many has David Johnson scored? Four. Four. Well, okay. He's the well, only option know, when it comes to the red zone. So I, I'm just saying that. Yeah, you might say oh, they have to get have. to the red zone, Johnny. Like, who is taking them to the red zone? Uh, Rosen. He's getting yeah. better every single week. I'm just saying that. I I would not sell on David Johnson. You're not going to get the value. He's still an RB1. Is he what you draft him to be? No, he's not that 25 He is barely week. an RB1. He is number 12 on the year. Okay, so well, he is barely in the RB1 category. Hey, barely, I think, this, oh, is, barely I think this is his ceiling. I think he's been very fortunate to have been gifted touchdowns last week that were his offense didn't get him there. It was the Cardinals' defense that got him there. I don't care so how I you just, produce. It's you're still producing. I do. I do care how you produce because it tells me if it's sustainable or not. And I have seen nothing out of that offense to make me feel like they can consistently get him in scoring range. All right. Well, I disagree with that, but we'll move on. I digress. All right. So, uh, anybody else on this? No, I think we're gonna move on yeah. to the next one. You had some of that. No, oh, yeah, okay. move on. Sorry. Okay. So um, <laughs> next up, we have the Pittsburgh Steelers at the Cincinnati Bengals, a division rivalry here. It's a 53-point over under in Vegas. Cincinnati is favored by two and a half points, which is surprise. That is, that is insane. You would not think – I mean, it's fair, but I'm saying if you – if I would have said this in the beginning of the year that, you know, Cincinnati would be favored – uh, against the Steelers, Travis, uh, I think both of us would be like, well, how? Uh, considering all the weapons the Pittsburgh Steelers have. Uh, so we'll start off with the Bengals side of the ball here. You have Joe Mixon back. Uh, Giovanni is still out and and, and done. Uh, how do you feel about Mixon against this Pittsburgh Steelers defense that really gives up a lot of points? Yeah, they give up a lot of points, but not to the running back position. And mostly I think that's because it's funneled to the pass because they give up a ton of points to wide receivers. Uh, but I think Mixon is back, baby. I mean, he looked great in the last game. He got 25 touches. I think he is a guy you've got to continue to roll out there, especially as Gio has been out. Now, um, I, I Sorry, real quick. I, I want to just add this because we just got off this. Uh, if you could trade David Johnson for Joe Mixon, I would yes. do. I would do it. That's that's a case I would do. Uh, I think that Joe Mixon is in a good position, but that's that's all I got to say about that. I just I think it's wild to me you wouldn't trade him for CMC. That's uh, it makes no, no sense. I, I, but I, I mean that's just I I get it. You love David Johnson. Listen, I love his talent too. I just think he is going to be so like. Do you want to you want to do a, a whisper wager right now? Rest of season. Oh yes, hundred percent. All right. I think this is easy. Let's put like two beers on it. I got all right. Two beers. All right. Two, you know, we need to expand on that. Whisper Nation. We need your help. We hey, need to figure out uh, the drop for the whisper uh, wager. So if you could help us out with that, that would be greatly appreciated. Yeah. Oh, yes. I have an idea. Oh, what's yeah? Oh, I love ideas live on the show. Let's hear it. Yeah, I think our whisper wager bet should include the part in Dumb and Dumber where he's saying, "I bet you I could get you betting by the end of this day." <laughs> You're oh. on. 
I love yeah. that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. Okay. So I just never mind. Whisper Whis- Nation, we don't need you anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Whisper Nation, <laughs> take, you, you take lost your off. shot. You yeah. lost your shot there, Whisper Nation. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, so yeah, no. Moving on in this game, I think the better matchup for this week um, is actually Tyler Boyd because the Steelers secondary has given up two scores to the slot receivers in the last two weeks. So he's probably good. This I think it's not a better matchup than AJ Green, but it's a better matchup for him than what he got last week. Uh, against Miami, who has a pretty good secondary. So for me, I like Boyd here. People are kind of worried about Boyd. You know, he he's not a big name. He's been in the league a while. He finally got it yeah. going. And then last week, he didn't really have a great game. Um, so I think that people are a little bit worried. But I like Boyd here to bounce back in a big way. And, uh, I mean, it doesn't really mean much because Joe Hayden isn't the Joe Hayden that we used to know. But Joe Hayden will be on AJ Green this week. So um, Tyler Boyd is going to draw Mike Hilton. And uh, yeah, I know you're saying who Mike, who <laughs> exactly. So give me Tyler Boyd, Travis. It, when it comes to Tyler Boyd, people just need to forget the name, right? Just throw him. You throw him in your lineup like, every forget week. him. No, no, like, don't drop f- him. No, don't forget him. Do not forget <laughs> him. Uh, forget the name. He is a solid... yeah, forget that. He's not a big name because right. he is a guy not only has he been solid this year but he's a guy johnny has retweeted the tweet out about him being a guy that andy dalton looks to when he's under pressure i mean that's huge you know that he's a safety blanket they've lost tyler eifert they're interchanging tight ends out there he doesn't have a tight end and he's going to continue to gobble up targets i love tyler boyd yeah for the rest of the season i'm gonna tell you i'm just gonna give you a couple of guys here that tyler boyd is currently outperforming right will fuller Jarvis yeah. Landry, Keenan Allen that we've talked about many times on the show, Marvin Jones, T.Y. Hilton. T.Y. Hilton sat out last game, so that's a little bit. We'll give. We'll yeah, give and the there, Will but, Fuller was banged up too. Right. So, so yeah. but I'm just, I'm just saying that. Like, but I like, yeah, Jarvis Landry, Keenan Allen. Cooper, those are, you know, oh, yeah, just, big time. A lot these are these big guys. time names. Right. Listen, I picked up. My we talk about this preseason. You go running back heavy because wide receiver is deep. Well, if you went running back heavy, a guy you probably picked up is a guy like Calvin Ridley or Tyler Boyd or Kiki Cutie. Because the position is always so deep and you can get all these guys, you're gonna land this year's Tyler Boyd or right. the, you know, this year's guy. And I think that you can because of if you're deep at running back, you can kind of afford to go with a guy like Boyd and then get paid off in a big way when he becomes such an integral part of his team's offense. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, um, other on. side of the ball, do we need to talk about anybody for the Steelers? You're rolling them all out there. I think yep. even the tight end, uh, Vance McDonald, you can roll out here because Tennessee or Tennessee Cincinnati uh, has actually been susceptible to the tight end. Yeah, I, I'm I'm fine with all of the offensive starters for the Pittsburgh Steelers. All right, we're looking right. at um, next up. We have the Chicago Bears at the Duh, Bears. Duh, Bears at the Miami Dolphins. This is a 41.5 over under. Chicago is favored by a point. Travis. What do you make of the Bears' backfield? Um, the last game that we saw this Bears offense in, it was all Tyree Cohen, and uh, it was not Jordan Howard, much to our surprise. We told you to go out and buy Jordan Howard on their bye week. If you listen to us, I'm excited for this matchup. I mean, you you saw what the... I know, yeah. I, 
I know I just phrased you the question, but I'm kind of answering it for you, Travis. We saw the coaching staff come out and say, "That's it, dude. I quit. <laughs> you don't even need me anymore. You're just, you're just a pretty. They face. took you're, her job. You're just a pretty face. All right. Whoa, hey. What about me and my beautiful soul, dude? <laughs> That's, no, uh, I listen, I, we talked about buying Jordan Howard low and for good reason. I think that he is a guy that by the end of the year, you're going to go, oh, wow, he scored, you know, seven to 10 touchdowns. He was a big part of this team's offense. He's going to continue to do that. They've talked about how they're going to game plan their running backs based on opponent. I don't see a lot of opponents that the Bears are going to be facing that they're going to be blowing out the way that they did Tampa Bay. Right. They're not going to be attacking a ton of teams Wait, through the year. Yes. Bisky isn't going to throw uh, He's not going to throw six touchdowns uh, every game. Yes. So don't, you know, temper your expectations. I think Mitch Trubisky is a do not start this week. I have him in my player stay away article as a stay away and that's because Miami has a really good secondary. And I think because of that, Matt Nagy knows this. He's had two weeks to prepare. They are going to gash the Dolphins via the run. That is how they're going to win this game. And because the Dolphins have done that and been gashed, uh, Jordan Howard is a play for me this week. And in a big way, I think he bounces back. All right. Um, When it comes to the Bears wide receivers, we've seen. uh, This is an interesting interesting, uh, duo here, Johnny, because. Allen Robinson started the year as the go-to guy for Mitch Trubisky. And then over the last couple of weeks, Taylor Gabriel has emerged as a big part of this offense. So who do you like rest of season as the pass catcher coming out of Chicago? Oh, it, it for me, it's, it's definitely uh, Allen Robinson. As far really? as, t- yeah, over Tyler. I think, uh, you know, Tyler G- or Taylor Gabriel is a, a nice player but when i when do i have confidence he's going to score as much as he did in that game i mean the majority of his fantasy points i understand the um the pass catching percentage and the um the the target shares okay well yeah in a yeah in a in a volume based offense because it's not very high high level passing over there i mean i know they had the six touchdown game but look at the last three games for taylor gabriel Seven targets, 10 targets, seven targets. He is a big part of this offense now as a safety net for Mitch Trubisky. But he's doing, not- much, he's doing much more of the underneath kind of stuff as opposed to where Allen Robinson is is running you know, the sidelines. And so I just feel like I'm more confident uh, if I have to go with one of these wide receivers. I'm, I'm more confident Allen Robinson than I am uh, Taylor Gabriel. The big question okay. I have for you, Travis, is um, – um, Xavier Howard, the corner yeah. for uh for the yeah. Miami Dolphins, uh, who has been locking people up, is supposed quietly to be on... the new lockdown corner. Yeah. So, uh, with that being said, it it could mean that Trey Burton could now be the number one option for Mitch Trubisky this weekend. How do you how confident do you feel in? in rolling out Trey Burton. Well, and- listen, I think Trey Burton's a, a must start just based on the position. We talk about this every week, every game, every episode. You have to start Trey Burton because of who he is in his, to his offense. But I actually disagree that it'll be Burton. I think we just talked about it. I think Taylor Gabriel is a guy that probably gets the upgrade here as the slot guy um, because I think Xavier Howard will be on Allen Robinson mostly. 
but I feel fine with Trey Burton. I, I agree with you that he, sh- he should get an upgrade as a secondary part of this offense, but I think it's going to be the Jordan Howard show. We talked about that. But on the other side of the ball, how do you feel about Kenyon Drake? Because last week, even with that big game, he still only got six carries. Yeah, I'm baffled about that. It, it just He had a monster game. Um, I want to think that he had the monster game because he was playing against me. And so I feel like the <laughs> that was the sole reason. Because when I looked back and I noticed that he only had six carries, I was like, how is this possible? Um, I don't I, I don't know. This Adam Gase is a tor- terrible coach. Like, he's awful. Yep. It is so clear that Kenyon Drake should be the bell cow of this offense. We saw it at the end of last season. We continue to see it on his limited snaps. He is the best running back. I understand that Frank Gore is still doing his thing. He's having a decent year. Um, but give give the guy an opportunity Give him the chance to really break out in this offense. Uh, it, to me, actually, Kenyon Drake is one of those guys. Like I'm on the borderline of do I take the risk and, and try to buy low on him right now because uh, I feel like it's only a matter of time before someone goes to Adam Gase and is like, listen, stop getting cute. Stop messing around. Kenyon Drake is our best running back. Let's give him the ball. And uh, I don't know. I think it would take an injury to Frank Gore or, or firing Adam Gase because I just think this is his M.O. He just doesn't care about talent. He cares about, you know, who works hard and practice and all this crap. I just think it's dumb. And I think he's dumb for doing it. And he thinks he's so smart. Well, but I, he's think not. He, I think he needs to start worrying about how comfy that couch is because yeah. he's going to be sitting on it quite a mo- quite often no, uh, in, in a few weeks no if he crap. continues to do the same stuff that he that he's been doing. Um, I think that you can potentially start Drake because of the passing game usage. I just don't yeah. know if you can trust eleven targets from last week because the Dolphins haven't had a number one guy repeat as their number one guy each and every week in the mm-hmm. passing game. It's always a different person. Uh, so I just don't know if we can trust that it was gonna it's gonna be Drake each week, and that's how he got his killing. Um, but I think because of his usage in the passing game, I mean he still will be used some in the passing game. He maybe has a decent floor in a matchup where they probably are going to be you know fighting for any kind of movement against that Bears defense that tends to suffocate opponents. And if, so for that reason, I'm out on any Dolphins players uh, this week, other than Drake maybe. All right, we're going to move on to the next matchup here. We got the L.A. Rams uh, at the Denver Broncos. This is a 52.5 over under. The Rams are favored by seven. Not a surprise here. We talked about it yesterday on the – oh, no, we didn't talk about it yesterday. Um, The Rams' top two wide receivers, Cooks and um, – and Cooper Cup. Cup are both still not practicing from their concussions. Travis, how much do you downgrade this offense if both of them are not going to go? I would say that I don't downgrade the offense too much because of Todd Gurley and Robert Woods will still be there, and those are those are pretty good weapons. I think Gerald Everett is a very good tight end. They just don't have to use him usually. Um, Josh Reynolds is there. He seemed to step up in that Seattle uh, game when he had to. And the Rams, you know, I just have all the faith in the world in Sean McVay to get a scheme together that scores points. Like he is just doing what he wants to opposing defenses. And the Broncos just got torched 
I mean, absolutely torched by the New York Jets and Sam Darnold. So I have all the faith in the world that the Rams will get it done. But I think actually that both of these guys are going to play. From what I'm reading from beat reporters from the Rams, they're progressing every day. They started by not practicing. Then they were practicing. Um, and McVay is very hopeful that they're going to play. So I actually see them suiting up. What is up, though, on the other side of the ball, Johnny, with your boy? I know you got him in a few leagues, and that's yeah. Royce Freeman. And, uh, like, Dude, I, we're going to get him We're gonna get him more touches, right? Like, they're yeah, going to get him more yeah. touches? And then in the five carries? Yeah, five carries. Unbelievable. He, uh, he is averaging over six yards per carry. It makes absolutely no sense. It does. It, it really doesn't. It's just another coach that is stuck in his ways. That is, um, to, you know, don't get me wrong. Philip Lindsay is a great. It, it, he's he's nice. He had twelve carries for sixty-one yards. However, they still are rolling out Booker in the two-minute drill or on on obvious passing downs. They're still rolling out Booker, which makes no sense because Philip Lindsay is a way better pass catcher than Booker is. It it just doesn't make sense to me. This is such a headache. This is turning out to be, excuse me. Uh, th- this is turning out much more like Tennessee's backfield last year. You know, with you don't know which one to start. It seems like oh yeah, one week yeah, Lindsey seems to be the guy. So let's roll out Lindsey, and then it ends up being that oh you should have started uh, Royce Freeman, and then the next year, next week it's all right. I'm 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 not going to doubt Royce Freeman. I'm sticking him in there, and then it's Philip Lindsay that gets the majority of the carries. Like this is getting very, very frustrating. I wish I could just—I wish the head coach had Twitter because I would just be tweeting at him all day and just be like, "What are you doing, dude? Stop getting cute. Give it to Royce Freeman. That guy could be a bell cow running back." I mean, we've yeah, it's seen like the Johnny GM say that. If I would have told you before the preseason that Royce Freeman would not be a top twenty back but Devontae Booker would not be fantasy relevant. You would have told me that I am crazy. Yeah. But out of nowhere, and, the and Denver, averaging six yards per carry. The Denver native, Philip Lindsay, is just, all he's doing is taking a hacksaw to Royce Freeman's value. He just continuously destroys that. So, uh, yeah, I agree with Johnny. It's shaping up to be a bit like the Titans here, and I don't want any part of it. Listen, the wide receiving core there, we've got Emmanuel well, we, Sanders. If you have to start one, Travis, who are you starting? Because I think I have really- to start. I have to start Lindsey, and that's because they are going to be uh, they're going to be underdogs in this game. They're going to be fighting back. And even though Royce Freeman can catch the football and do good things as a running back, they don't. They do refuse it. to use him as such. Yeah. They're going to use Lindsey in the passing game, and so because of that reason. I'm going to take Lindsay in this matchup. I don't feel great about it, but that's just the way it has to be until the coach can prove he's going to, you know, use him otherwise. Yeah. Um, the wide receivers, Emmanuel Sanders continues to be the number one for this offense. Demarius Thomas came back to life last week. Um, confidence moving forward for me would be basically Sutton has got a little bit banged up last week. So if Sutton remains down, Demarius Thomas is a nice option here. I think he can continue to get some value. But I think if Sutton is in and he's playing that, like Demarius Thomas, we've, we're just seeing the writing on the wall with him. All right, moving on to the next game. We have the Baltimore Ravens at the Tennessee Titans. So 41 point over under. Baltimore is favored by three. Travis, the Baltimore Ravens continue to 
they they continue to put up a ton of plays per per game. They're averaging the most out of any team, and yet this backfield has been so <laughs> muddied and it's so difficult to dis- you go Alex Collins, Alex Collins looks like the better running back, but they're not giving him a full workload because he continues to choke away at key moments. And then you have Buck Allen back there who they don't really like either. And so he's not getting, you know, he's getting the majority of the carries now. However, do you feel confident in starting either one of these guys? We talk about the player stay away article on the website. And I wrote as Alex Collins is one of my stay aways. And that's just because what you talked about in the last couple games, he has been out snapped out used by Buck Allen, who we kind of thought that this team didn't like and wanted to move away from. And I just don't get it. I mean, you look at Collins, only 27 snaps to Buck Allen's 50 last week. And Buck Allen is only averaging 2.8 yards per carry, Johnny. Like, I just, it doesn't make any sense, except for the fact that fumbles keep to seem to keep happening for Collins. But in this last game against the Browns, it was actually Buck Allen who fumbled. Mm-hmm. And yet he's still out snapping Collins. So you would think things would make sense here. I'm staying away. The Titans are also a really good run defense, Johnny. They have allowed, they're one of only three teams to not surrender a rushing touchdown this year, and they've only allowed the 25th most points per game to running back. So for me, stay away from Collins here. Stay away from Buck Allen. Maybe Buck Allen has a deep flex because of his work in the passing game, Um, but I just, I'm staying away from them. What do you think about Joe Flacco as a streamer because he was putting up decent numbers as a streamer. Now he seemed to come back to earth. Are you are you starting him here against these Titans, or do you think the Titans are actually a decent defense against uh, the pass here? Um, I, they're decent. I mean, I think there are still better options. I think Baker Mayfield, we talked about on yesterday's show. I think Jameis Winston, uh, Andy Dalton's still available on a lot of waiver wires. I'd rather have those guys. I don't necessarily trust Joe Flacco to this point. Um, you know, it's more so like I'm looking at these wide receivers, right? Like John Brown, who he's having a, a, a good bounce back year. He's getting a lot of targets. He's getting he had 40 targets on the year. However, he's only catching about 20 percent of them, Travis, because uh, it's a lot of deep balls. So, I mean, it's going to be make or break for Joe Flacco. If he can connect with John Brown, uh, I, I know that the, the corners for the Tennessee Titans aren't aren't that good. Uh, Butler is giving up one of the most of any cornerback to the wide receiver position. Um, so John Brown is a start for me. Uh, yeah, but- and I think he, and that's just based on what you said. He's getting a ton of targets, and yeah, he's not catching them all, but eventually those hit, and his yards per reception keep going up every week, mm-hmm. Johnny. Like, they keep landing these big plays. So yeah, like you said, I agree. You roll him out there. I, I wouldn't want to roll out any other pass catchers for the Ravens. I just don't know if I can trust them. No. Pass catchers for the Titans, though, Johnny. I mean, we've talked about this. Corey Davis, 44 targets on the year. What are you doing with Corey Davis? Uh, you know, this Ravens defense is, is pretty good. Uh, They're going to get Jimmy Smith back. Yeah. I, I'm I, I still wait and see for me with Corey Davis. I know that's hard to hard to hear. I'm not quite dropping him because he's he is getting the targets. He's getting nine targets a game, which is very, very healthy. Unfortunately, they're not very good quality targets at this point. So, And it's going against a good, solid defense here. So to me, I, I don't think you can trade him and get uh, any any 
good value for him. I mean, I don't think anyone's going to give you anything for Corey Davis because he's only had one monster game. So I, for me, he's just a stash. Uh, I'm not dropping him. I'm not. I don't think you could trade him uh, for anything of value. So I, I'm I'm holding my cards on Corey Davis to see maybe he'll turn it around a little bit and start catching more of those balls. Strong Ravens D. You're not rolling out any of these uh, Titans running backs, are you? Uh, no. I mean, the only one that I would, if I had to, would be Dion Lewis. I think Derrick Henry is done. I they he's just he's yeah I. Uh, Strong Raven. I'm speechless. That just goes to show <laughs> how, how much you know. I I have confidence in this running back duo. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> well, moving on to possibly my favorite game on the docket, and that is the Chiefs at the Patriots. Johnny, it's a 59 and a half point over under a monster over under this is even crushing the 58 and a half point over under of last week Steelers Patriot or Steelers Falcons of last week New England favored by three and a half I'm excited for this game not just for fantasy but for real football Johnny I would I love to I want to see Pat Mahomes or Showtime Mahomes yeah uh, go up against Bill Belichick in his own house Give me your thoughts on some of on some of the key fantasy players here. So this is kind of crazy stat, um, and I know that this necessarily doesn't have to do anything with fantasy, but uh, Coach Bill Belichick has never lost to a quarterback that is under twenty five years old. He is he is undefeated, and I think that he will come up with some schemes to confuse Patrick Mahomes. I'm still rolling out Patrick Mahomes. We have him ranked as our number two fantasy quarterback on the on the week. However, Travis, I am a little bit concerned now about Patrick Mahomes. We talked about the schedule before, how it was a difficult schedule. And if you look at his last two starts, he's kind of come down to earth a little bit. He's been the quarterback 14 over the last two weeks. Now, he does have all these plethora of weapons, but guess who also has a lot of or has has a lot of history of dealing with a plethora of weapons, and that is Bill Belichick. So I expect him to uh, come up with a scheme to take away some of their best players. And uh, but like I said, Patrick Mahomes, I think is going to be a solid start this week. Uh, I, I like him. I'm still rolling him out. A lot of people are asking, me, do I sit Patrick Mahomes? Do not sit Patrick Mahomes. You are still starting him. Uh, when it comes to all the pass catcher, every option I'm rolling out there in this game, especially with a 59.5 over under, just don't be disappointed if your guy is the odd man out because we know that Bill Belichick does this. He takes away your best option. I know it sounds stupid, uh, but it, I mean, every coach should possibly try to do this, and they should <laughs> be doing this. Um, but So there is going to be someone that's going to disappoint out of this bunch. However, I would rather take the gamble that it's not my player if I'm starting one of them. And I actually Yeah, for me I, it's like I think that it'll be more likely that maybe Kelsey or or Tyreek Hill gets shut down. I think right. it's one of those two. And I think that opens up opportunity for Kareem Hunt and I think it opens up opportunity for Sammy Watkins even in this game because I think what happens is the focus of the defense is on something else and we've seen that Mahomes is smart enough to go to the other options. We saw that in the game against Denver. We saw that in the game against Jacksonville. Obviously, he did throw two picks, but if you look at the film on those picks, Johnny, mm -hmm. they were actually 
Um, one, the ball slipped. I know that's technically still a pick, but like it's not like something where he forced a, a yeah. bad decision. And then uh, the other one was a little bit on the receiver. So for me, I think that this is actually this was actually good for Mahomes to hit Denver, to hit Jacksonville in preparation for the Patriots. It kind of lowered his, uh, you know, showed some holes in his armor. Does this gear him up so that he's able to come in uh, full guns blazing? Because, yes, the Patriots are a good team, especially at home, but they haven't been crazy good against the quarterback. So, yeah, uh, you know, I, I think that it, there's some um, some points to be had there. But on the other side of the field, Johnny, we look at Edelman coming back in his return. He did some good things. He he had a, he did some bad things. He had a, a pretty bad drop. But I like yeah. that to be his warm-up game, and I like him to be heavily involved, especially against a Chiefs secondary that has just been torched by wide receivers. Mm-hmm. I mean, Johnny, they have given up 31, I'm sorry, 39.7 points per game to the wide receiver position. That is incredible. Um, that is, you know, top 15 in the league, top 10, 12 in the league. So I, I fire up Edelman here. Oh, yeah, for sure. I think that you've got to, especially, I mean, I definitely like him more in a PPR league than a standard league because he's going to get, you know, seven to eight catches. He'll probably get nine targets again because he does a lot of the underneath stuff. Uh, I, but, yeah, I'm definitely rolling him out. I I kind of like his his odds of, of getting the end zone in this one just because he is back. He's, you know, I think that they kind of wanted to get him in the end zone last week. And that's just a gut feeling of mine. Uh, but Travis, I'm going to talk about these running backs. Uh, I'm going to roll them both out there. And I know, I mean, that's yeah. not that's not a big shocker. But ever since, you know, Rex Burkhead has gone out, James White has been the eighth best running back in the league. And, and stand, these are in standard. And Sonny Michelle has been the 11th best running back in the league. So the last two weeks. And... Just to put it into perspective, Yeldon was the number six back last week against these Kansas City Chiefs. So right. I'm definitely rolling out both of these guys, which, you know, and we've kind of gotten a little bit of flack um, on on Instagram and stuff from people saying, well, why do you have Tom Brady so low if this is a high over under? And it's simply for these running backs. I think that Bill Belichick is using them both. I think that they will they will score which will take away some of the touchdown opportunities from Tom Brady. And, I, you know, I'm not sold 100% on any of these pass catchers saying, uh, you know, do I think Josh Gordon could score here? Absolutely, I think he can score. Am I confident? No. Am I confident? 18 Julian? snaps a game over the last two games with the Patriots, so it didn't right. even go up in his second game. Yeah. With Edelman back, he's going to demand a lot of the targets. Yes. Right. Can, is he going to score on some crazy plays this year? Yes. I think he's worth a stash because I think he can get ramped up. Um, but, uh, yeah, you're not very confident in it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm, I'm rolling out both of these guys. And then uh, Gronk, you're definitely rolling out as well. All right. So that concludes most of our games. For our last two games, before we dive into those, we wanted to let you guys know about a podcast partner of ours, and that's the Winning Ticket Podcast. Johnny, they cover... A lot of betting advice across the NFL, across the MLB, and we wanted them to get them involved because something we like to do, of course, as the Whisper Nation knows, is implement our over and unders per Vegas into our analysis. And that's because it gives you a good guess on how the game is going to go. And because fantasy football is so situational, we love to get that analysis in there for you guys. 
We brought the guys from the Winning Ticket Podcast over here, Joey and Dean, to give us a little preview of two games they have as their boom or their doom as far as the over-under is concerned. So let's take a listen to their advice on a couple games here. Guys, thank you so much for having us. Me and Dean are here. We're going to provide you guys a little segment we call boom or doom. So our expertise is more of the gambling side of sports. Obviously, with the gambling side, there's plenty of fantasy implications as well as daily fantasy implications. Really, we're just looking at game totals here. So the total points is how many points will be scored by both teams combined in a game. The boom is a total where we think is a little too low, or bottom line is we think this this game can go off. And there's obviously a lot of fantasy options for you guys. If there's a ton of points scored, you might be able to stream somebody in a deep flex option or maybe your wide receiver three slot that's going to get a lot of touches and a lot of looks. And on the other side, the doom is the game total that's uh, that could be medium, it could be high. Regardless, we are, are fading the, uh, the line here. We're fading Vegas. We're saying, nope, I don't think this is going to be a 50-plus pointer here from both sides. So now that you guys know what it's about, Dino, why don't you start us off? Yeah, hey guys, thanks for having me on. I just want to start off with my boom of the week. I'm going to go Jaguars-Cowboys. Now, if you listen to our episode this week, we Mikey had projected this to be under. The total is 40 and a half. So that means the sum of the two team scores. Vegas is projecting that it's under 40 and a half. So basically, I picked this as a boom because I, I see a lot of opportunity for some of the skills positions to really kind of show out. Cowboys don't have a fantastic defense. They have good enough skills players, and the Jaguars' defense looked a little exposed last week. Now, of course, they ran into Showtime Mahomes in that explosive Kansas City Chiefs offense. But still, at the same time, I think that the Cowboys are going to be able to move the ball against this Jaguars' defense, who maybe is, I don't want to use the word overrated because they they have a great track record, but maybe playing against a guy like Zeke might kind of... um, Hurt them a little bit. So I like the over in this game, mainly because it is so low. And if you look at past games that the Jaguars had low totals because of their great defense, they scored in the 20s they and the 30s. Points. Absolutely. Especially against the Jets, too. I mean, that game ended, what, 30 to 12 or something yeah, like yeah. that? So that game total was 42, and I think the line had it at 38. So getting player-specific, um, I know when you see anyone against the Jags, you kind of shy away. But I look for some opportunity. I mean, of course, Jason Garrett knows that he's playing the Jaguars. So look for them to scheme open. I know they use uh, Taven Austin creatively to kind of get them open. Uh, of course, Taven Austin isn't fa- fantasy relevant unless you're in a very deep format or maybe you're desperate for uh, DFS play. Right. But I really lean on Zeke here, of course. Now, I'm not going to tell you to start Zeke if you have him because obviously if you have Zeke, you have to start him. Right. So I don't mind Zeke this week. Also, um, a lot of opportunity on the Jaguars now that Austin Safarian Jenkins is down. Uh, Niles Paul and Kyle O'Shaughnessy are the backup tight ends. Niles Paul had seven catches last week. I believe nine targets. O'Shaughnessy as well had six targets. So Blake Bortles really likes to dump off to the tight end. Look for Niles Paul. I believe he was 2,700 in DraftKings, so that's a pretty good value play. Oh, yeah. TJ Yeldon is literally a, a running back one this week playing yep. against Cowboys defense. I, I kind of like the Jaguars offense a lot more than the Jaguars defense, really. And Blake Bortles could bail them out with a run at any given moment. He is actually really explosive. So, again, I like that over. And also, I like a lot of Jaguars' uh, backs and receivers in Danny F- Daily Fantasy. So, guys, that's the boom. I'm going to talk about the doom. I got 49ers at Packers in Lambeau. I'm looking at 46.5 as the total. I'm going to be taking the under. Aaron Rodgers spreads the ball around uh, kind of like the Patriots, the way they would give five touches to ten different running backs as a fantasy nightmare. Last, uh, last week here, the Packers had eight guys with at least one reception. 
including some guys that I've never heard of and I don't really think anyone has heard of besides you, Dean, who started one of these gentlemen yes. in your daily fantasy. He was like literally $1 and you picked <laughs> him up. Um, we're talking Vald Scaling. Uh, Jimmy Graham thought it was 2013 and he got some some looks here. St. Brown, I'm not even going to attempt his first name. I believe his first name is something akin to Equinonarius. Right, so we're just going to roll with that. So look, the issue here is do you trust these guys to repeat that? And if so, which one? And then, of course, you guys, you got four or five other guys who are targets. Aaron Rodgers doesn't care who it is. If it's open, he's just going to lay it out. You're obviously starting Aaron Rodgers. That's kind of a no-brainer. But uh, I'm not trying to roll the dice with one of eight potential guys who can blow it out. The only one who you're going to start here is Devontae Adams because I think he had nine for like 140 and a touchdown or something like that. So that's pretty obvious. Uh, same thing on the 49ers side. They have an easy-to-figure-out quarterback. Even though the Packers have a pretty weak defense and a weak secondary, they have no real run game. And get this, last week they actually had 10 different receivers get a reception. So you have so much variance here. Um, I really don't like this this play at all. 46.5 is way too high. We don't even know if Aaron Rodgers is going to be 100%. He doesn't seem like he's 100%. And he hasn't seemed at 100% since week one. Absolutely. So how many question marks do we have here? I think this doom is pretty obvious. So yeah. I love your boom. I love the doom, guys. Thank you so much for having us on. We'd love to do this again. Uh, hopefully both of these hit so you will have us on again. If we go 0-2, <laughs> we won't even show our faces around here. But thanks again, Absolutely. guys. Back to you. All right. Great analysis as always. We do want to appreciate them. Thank you. The winning ticket for coming on to our show and giving us those breakdowns. Certainly trust those guys over there. We love to listen to their content. Please go visit. They have a podcast on Apple uh, Podcasts, the Winning Ticket Podcast, so go check them out. All right. That's we got, right. We have two more games up on our slate, Travis, so we're going to jump into this before we let the Whisper Nation go. First one we're going to talk about is the, the Jags, Jacksonville Jaguars at – the Cowboys, the Dallas Cowboys, this is a 40.5 over under. Jacksonville is favored by only three points. Uh, kind of shocker there. Travis, Jacksonville's pass catchers, uh, they, they have been hit or miss. It seems to be that the only consistent one has been D.D. Westbrook of the of the three. Uh, you have the upside of, of Keelan Cole and Moncrief, to my astonishment, still remains to be like the red zone guy, even though he's <laughs> the shortest guy um, in that wide receiver duo. I don't know. I, it baffles me. But again, I'm not a coach. So, Travis, what if you have to start one of these guys, who are you starting? I'm not confident in the Jacksonville pass catchers here. If I'm starting one of them, it's probably Niles Paul. And I know that's an out that you don't want to hear because it's not a wide receiver. But if you look at Dallas, they've only given up 33.4 points per game to the wide receiver. That's 27th in the league. They rank as far as the bottom of the league. So they are good against the pass. They're mm -hmm. underrated against the pass. This game is suiting up. I wish Leonard Fournette was healthy, man. This would have been a nice oh, me too. slugfest between Leonard Fournette and Ezekiel Elliott, and I would have loved to watch that. That's what I think this game's going to be. It's going to be a gritty, defensive run game battle. Both these teams slow the clock down. I don't think there'll be a ton of air points to have in this game. And uh, so for that reason, I'm fading all the Jacksonville pass catchers. I'm fading all the Dallas pass catchers, of course, because I've faded them all year. Mm -hmm. And I think you got to start Zeke and you got to start Yeldon based purely on volume. And I don't feel good about uh, Blake as a streamer in this one either. I think this game is just showing up as one of those ones where it's not, there's not going to be a lot of action. Um, 
So we'll just kind of see how that plays out. But for me, it's not one I'm, at least for fantasy reasons, I'm not targeting very heavily. All right. And uh, just as a, as a dart throw, Travis, a guy that I will say on the radar is uh, Mr. Swam, Swami. Uh, Jeff Swain? Yeah. Um, for, for the Dallas Cowboys. He does seem to be building a somewhat of a rapport with Dak Prescott. He had a lot of uh, raves and uh, coming out of training camp. <laughs> had a lot of raves, huh? Yeah, yeah a lot of raves. He's hitting it up. But he's caught 14 of 17 targets so far this season, had a touchdown last weekend. So you could do a lot worse if you're trying to stream a tight end in my eyes. Uh, I do yeah. like Niles Paul um, in the as as far as tight ends in this game, however more than I do like him. All right, we're gonna move on to the last game for tonight, and that is the Monday night game, and that is the Forty ers San Francisco Forty ers at the Green Bay Packers. What could have been, you know, Mister Jimmy G, the the the, the good looking versus Aaron Rodgers. The better looking and <laughs> better better looking girlfriend uh, in my Ooh. eyes. Oh, oh, yeah, I just said that. Uh, sorry. Uh, I'm gonna tell uh, I'm gonna tell Aaron, dude, you're yeah, coming yeah. after Danica, bro. I'm just saying, Danica's she's got some she's got some nice picks. All right, uh, all right. So, 40, <laughs> uh, but this is a 46.5 over under. Green Bay is favored by 10. No surprise there. Uh, Travis, you know you're you're gonna roll out. Um, Devonte Adams, you're rolling him out. We talked about how uh, Cobb was limited in practice. It's not sure whether he's going to give it a go or not. So make sure that you, if you're counting on him, which I hope you're not, because I would not roll him. I do not recommend him in this game. Uh, Even if he came back yeah, healthy yeah. and looked like he was starting, it's it's hard to roll him out there. Yeah. Um, I just don't know if he's trustworthy. For me, it, it stops at. Uh, Geronimo Allison, if he plays, if Allison is out, you got to look at Valdez Scantling. He he played a really good game, scored against the uh, Detroit Lions, and the secondary for the Niners has not been good. It's been getting torched as well. Um, I think you got to start Jimmy Graham based on the fact of you know we say it every every time tight end. It's just gross. So start Jimmy Graham. He's yeah. at least a red zone threat every game. But I want to talk about the Green Bay running backs because. Similar to Adam Gase and similar to um, Vance Joseph, Mike McCarthy is being a real piece of poop when it comes to this backfield because he continues to slow play fading Jamal Williams in the background because Aaron Jones is killing it. He is averaging upwards of six yards per carry on the year, 6.1 yards per carry on the year. I mean, the guy is killing killing it. 24 rushes, only four more rushes, or I'm sorry, he has almost outgained Jamal Williams with 147 rushing yards to 195, and he's played in two less games. Yeah. But when Aaron Rodgers is saying he wants playmaking on the offense, and this guy is electric, and he has talked up how explosive Aaron Jones is, and he being Aaron Rodgers, I think you have to continue to give this guy work. And I think this is actually a blow up spot for Aaron Jones. They are favored by 10 points at home. If he doesn't do it here, you've got to be more concerned about him going forward. Yeah, for sure. 
And then I, I just want to touch on uh, not many pass catchers. You're not really starting any pass catchers on the other side of the ball, the 49ers side. Except for the man. Uh, yeah. So, you know, Alfred Morris is a an option here. Uh, with Matt Burita, it's looking like he's not going to be able to give it a go. But monitor that. He was out of the walking boot, and they say no noticeable limp. Well, which I highly doubt. Um, <laughs> but again, uh, just watch that status. Uh, but a sneaky snart here would be uh, check, um the the fullback out of the backfield. They have been using him, uh, you know, as the pass catcher because there's not many pass catching options on this offense. So he's not a bad start, especially in a PPR league. Uh, especially I think if you're rolling the dice on Breda. Yeah. So if you have Breda, pick up use check as soon call. as you can, yep. because then you can kind of afford to wait on Breda's status because it could be a game time decision. We're getting conflicting reports that maybe he will suit up, maybe he won't. So it's never a good sign that it's going to be clear. So yeah, like Johnny says, use check has been used in the passing game here. Yep. He would probably get all the passing game work if Breda were to miss because Morris can catch, but he doesn't do it very often. Um, and so, yeah, I, I agree with that. And you can stash him there for sure. George Kittle, of course, is yeah, their George only yeah, I, yep. only guy on offense. Yep. Definitely start some George Kittle. All right, Travis, that's it for today's episode. Thank you so much for joining us. This and thank your... you to the winning ticket podcast for yeah. joining us as well. Putting a, giving us that boom or doom. Huge shout out there. Um, if you want to check out more of the Fantasy Whispers content, check us out on Apple iTunes uh, or Apple Podcasts, excuse me, Google Play or Stitcher. Go ahead and check us out on YouTube. We got a lot of videos that we consistently po- post up. We got Whisperspective, things like that. Go ahead and hit subscribe and hit the little bell on that. Ding! That's right. And if you're listening to this, then of course you're prepping for your week, your fantasy matchup. And what better place to do that than the fantasywhispers.com? You can catch our rankings, you can catch the player stay away article, and you can catch our waiver piece to maybe gear up for next week's waivers if you're ahead of the curve on some guys, or to scoop up some morsels that were left behind from your league mates who weren't paying attention. Yeah. So head over to the fantasywhispers.com. As always, Whisper Nation, we love you. That's Johnny Game Time Hicks, and I'm Big Travi, and we're out. Until next time, make sure you check us out on Instagram on Sunday morning. We go live at 9 o'clock, give you those last-second updates on who's in, who's out, and lineup options. All right, until next time, that's it. Peace. Thank you for listening to the Fantasy Whisperers podcast. You can hear more from John and Travis on Google Play, SoundCloud, and iTunes. You can also follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at TF Whisperers.